0: Lob Talk Radio.
1: What a way to start the day, or the afternoon, or wherever you may be. Welcome to a special edition of the Indie Cafe on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. Today I have with me um, Spencer Drait who will be with me with Ava Lee Stewart, who um, is the founder and uh, founded the Southeastern Film Festival in 2013, with a group of filmmakers, and I know Spencer's involved um as one of the people on the board and um, I'm one of the judges, so we're going to talk about that and about Ava's amazing other talents that she is involved in i so many she's a published author, um an artist, and just finished a film on uh, the subject of what that are. R. E. M song was about and I'm gonna let you tell ta- let her tell you a little bit more about that. Sorry, I'm a little going a little jumbled here. If you'd like to call in, the number is three four seven six seven seven one oh three six and our chat room is open. If you'd like to go into the chat room and if you'd like to listen to the show afterwards, it will be available on iTunes and also on demand on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio under the Indie Cafe with Spencer Drake. So with that, I'm going to be, bring both Spencer in, into the studio, and I'm also going to bring Ava Lee in, and we are going to get the show started because there's some amazing things um, that we got to talk about. But before we get started, I have to address Ava. Ava, I watched that. We'll talk about it, but that documentary on Tibetan, I was just like on the edge of my seat the whole time. I think I told you that I saw that. It was just like unbelievable. We'll talk about that later on, but uh, Spencer, welcome to the show, and Ava. Hey, hi, Holly.
0: Hi, Holly. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: (laughs) So we have myself in California, Spencer's in New York, and Ava is in Nashville, where I had a... Wonderful conversation this morning with Nancy Lee Andrews, um, who's getting ready to come out here to California from Nashville. And she said Nashville is just like really happening right now. It's so beautiful there right now. And I know you're it there working, huh, right Eva? Right yeah. It is
2: very beautiful here right now, and uh, it's a great town for music and art. I have to say.
1: I bet. Well, let's let's get started on um how the southeastern film festival was founded and then I know Spencer has some things I want um that he wants to add in because this is really something that I think he's working with you on and um I know that you're going to be doing some work with him and plus I'm a judge on this so I could tell everybody this is a great opportunity for independent film people and you can tell a little bit more about uh let, let's
2: Why don't you
1: tell everyone what the Southeastern Film Festival is first, now they can enter.
2: We founded the Southeastern Film Festival about three years ago. It was a group Uh of independent filmmakers in the South, and we wanted to bring uh, the opportunity for audiences in smaller towns to see independent film and to Mm -hmm. bring films that people wouldn't ordinarily have access to internationally and content-wise to, um, you know, a diverse audience. And so we have done about 13 screenings, and um, this is our third year, and we've grown from having, um, you know, less than 1,000 submissions to almost over 2,000 this year. And um, we have uh, about 75 judges so far this year, and um, Spencer can talk about some of the amazing judges because a lot of them are his... uh, Professional connections and um uh-huh. then we also have a lot of film judges that I'm connected to from all over the world, and our idea is to kind of use the model of a European film festival where we have each film judged by three people and um, be able to have a program that really takes into consideration more forms of art than just you know a film director or producer we have everyone on the and crew represented, and we have a lot of people that are in related fields like you, Holly, radio, and mm-hmm. we have uh, um, photographers and artists and different people in different parts of the industry so that we feel like we have a really great way of picking compelling programs.
1: We're here. We're here. I'm, le- I'm, I'm exactly. listening. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, that's awesome. So. You know, um I, I have to tell you, you um, also, besides with the film festival, which we're going to talk a lot about, um, are also a published author and an artist yourself, so you kind of have a very broad spectrum of creativity going on, and film is, like, really cool, because I know Spencer and I have talked a lot about film in the past, and uh, it really is an extension of a lot of our emotions, I think, Um so with this, I think you bring about where you can allow other people, like you said, to be able to be part of this and where their film might not be seen, where it can be seen. Um, what's the process of um, getting involved in it? You want to give the website out real quick
2: on sure. how if do you that? to do that? If you want to connect with us, you can go to southeasternfilm.com. And you can enter your film. You can write us a note. You can see more about the festival. We're um, a film partner. It's Film Freeway. You can also enter on Film Freeway. And um, uh-huh. it's a digital submission. And you can have the option of mailing it or sending it digitally. But um, our idea is to be able to reach as many people as possible and, and be able to have as many people reach us as possible.
3: All, also, Lee, I want to point out, I think we agree, um, we're br- the new branding of the name will be Southeastern International Film Festival because of all our international. Cool. Right? international part.
0: Great idea. We
2: three countries represented in our submissions. So we started with, I think, 30 countries internationally, and now we're up to 52 different countries that have uh, films yeah, wow. submitted this year's. Um, selections in progress, so it's exciting to be able to review, you know, this kind of diversity and being able to bring that to an audience that has really very limited opportunity to see projects like that. And I think, you know, Holly, what you're saying, me as an artist, I think when you're an artist, you know, you can go in a lot of different directions, and so that's why I love film because I can do a lot of different types of art yeah. in one. One medium. You can be creative. Exactly, and I love the idea of the film festival because it's like I can take all of that leverage and put it into you know something that I love. So, and it's exciting, you know. We've we we have a junior board. We're helping them to you know move forward in their careers. We're helping the people who enter the festival and are selected to further their projects. So, it's really an exciting you know project for us. And I know that that's um, awesome. It's, you know, the people that we've met that have seen films, you know, in the smaller towns. We had a film festival in Gawanaga in April this year. And, you know, people came up just after saying, wow, you know, I never have seen anything like that. So it, it mm-hmm. was really a really great thing. And we were able to get sponsorship by the University of North Georgia so we could offer the uh, films free of charge. so oh, great. Even more people. So we had almost. This- we had several thousand people come out for the weekend to see about 44 films. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. And you know what, Spencer, what's really cool, and, and, and also Ava, what's really cool for me is being a judge, being able to log on to the site. And I know Spencer has told me, oh, you got to go and you got to watch this one. I watched it. And it was really <laughs> cool. And, I mean, I go on there, and it's just like some of these films that have been submitted are just – they blow me away, and uh some of them are just so creative and um and like you said, they would never have been been able to be seen um unless it were people like yourself um that brought about a festival where people could actually submit their work, as with um you know everything else going on. I think it's really cool that we're able to do that um you know i've a question for you spence um being that yep. you said that it was going international um where do you see this might be a problem and um, I want to know from both you and Ava how do you see a not a problem but a challenge with it being, going international with a lot of the countries that are um not allowing certain work coming out and censorship and stuff like that how are how are you working around that well I want
3: to bring you? up the a- Judith and I were, we did a number of film books. Uh, Let me start Mm -hmm. with that. Six film books and movie poster books. But anyway, what ties into this is that a lot of the people who were in our books are from international countries, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and it goes into that. I I think there's, uh, and Lee would probably like to get Lee's opinion, but I think, I don't think we'll have a problem with that because there's so many. No challenges? Yeah, well, we actually, I mean, I mean, alone in India, period. for instance, uh, on Film Skillet is a site where I go on. Some I go on these uh-huh. film sites. It's really interesting. I like a, a lot of those filmmakers that are on just this site, are uh, from the yeah. USA, Pakistan, India, in that area, mm-hmm. which is very interesting, especially India. So they're kind of like, but I, I don't see any problem with that. I don't know, Lee. Can you answer this? Well, we
2: we also we offer a. 30-day waiver period for any filmmaker to enter without a fee to join the festival. So uh-huh. it really helps people from Iran, North Korea, other with right. sanctions right. or censorship because they don't have access to credit cards like we do in the United States. So they're able to enter our festival um, if they choose to because, you know, we offer that, that for them. Are
1: you actually are are both are you seeing some of the films coming in, Are any of them um have you know, 'cause you know cross is over, you know how there's always some goofball or somebody getting crazy trying to create some kind of drama with uh anything that goes on, music or whatever. Have you gotten any films so far from um people that were kind of spoofed that were kinda of weird, that you decided to say, Hey no, sorry?
2: Um you know the thing that we look out for with our guidelines is really just copyright infringement or uh-huh. you know types of things that kind of violate the law. But um, yep. we haven't really had we haven't really had anyone entering things yes. that were you know not legitimate projects. I think that uh, cool. you know if we've you know I, I'm not ruling it out. You never know what's going to happen. Some people you know think that that's funny. I but know. I Last like, minute, like get their thrills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had good luck. We actually we have a uh, awesome. Looking, we have, have seventy four films films from Iran. And, oh, um, awesome! Really? And we that's have uh, films from North Korea. Mhm. So that's great since they both have the embargo sanctions. And, and, and you know,
3: should uh, explain the categories we have. We have different categories. Yeah, let's
2: talk about the categories,
1: and then you know what I want to hear about your movie that you just finished. I want you to tell everybody a little bit about that and the significance of the song that we opened up with and the song I'm going to be closing with. So let's talk about the categories first, yeah, because Spence Um, brought up a really good thing here.
2: The categories for entry are, you can enter for feature narrative or short narrative, feature documentary, short documentary, experimental, animation, music videos, new media. We have a student category for narrative film and short film, and uh, a southern spotlight for films that are local to the region, and a screenplay competition for feature screenplays and television pilots.
1: Oh, awesome. Well, um, right. so how are people um, – what's the process on most of the people that are entering? Like, are they coming – like, in other words, if they have an idea in their head, they want to do a film on, right? hmm Then they would just go ahead and they would get a um, – you know, start filming it or – um, you know, like elaborately, or would it just is it is it pretty, is it pretty you know bare bones on all this, or how does it go?
2: I feel like everyone has their individual approach to filmmaking. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of there are a lot of different types of projects, from you know a student film to a documentary film, and we, you know, judge it based on the category. But um, yeah. I think that most people you know, come to the table with a film, they, you know, have a compelling script, hopefully, and go to shoot it and edit it and the post-production. I mean, some people, you know, have more resources for their project than others, but we try to take into consideration, you know, the different elements in our judging so that we also include not just commercially, you know, viable films, but also films that are really well done in their category.
1: Mhm. Mhm. And then Spencer, what's the process? What do you guys do? How do you all of you and Judith and um Ava get together? Do you go How do you, how do you make the decision
0: on this well, elimination? Well, I'm a
3: judge, uh, Judith and I are judges like everybody else. So, I would say that we're equal to everybody else judging and mm-hmm. then, um, you know, then the votes go in. And, and Lee usually does, right, you're, Lee, you're doing the count on it. So at the end... Well, what
2: what we do is once all the votes come in it, for all the uh-huh. films, and we choose the top films, and then there's a the second tier process where we have another round of judging and narrow it down, and then a final round of judging that narrows it down to probably between 40 and 80 films, depending on the program.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. All right, yeah, because I was wondering, you know, what happened once I saw film and I did, um, you know, act as a judge on it, and I know Spence does that as well. So I just wanted to know where it went from there. Um, yeah, so you I actually wish. get to see who's watched what and what they thought about it and our little comments and how we rate it. Yeah, it all, and it all then, goes
2: into it. it uh-huh. we, use a, we use a mathematical algorithm with film yeah, three ways that. where... It, Each Mm -hmm. category is rated and weighted. So each each judge that makes their decision, all of their ratings go into one final score, and then based on that score, the film moves forward or doesn't.
3: I I think, Lee, you know what's good that we do is that, um, and and you've done this, uh, actually set it up, is that there are comments done by every judge, you know, the comments Uh are important. I think that's important, the comments added very to the vote. Very much so. You're Rather right, Rather than Spencer. some places just have a vote, yep. you know, this has comments, which I think has to go with the um, going to the final vote thing, you know. Oh, I think yeah, like it, it's it's, what it's part really made it? Yeah. hmm You're yeah, right, Spencer.
0: What, really, huh? Really yeah, you're
2: right. Be, we're trying to be very fair about the way that we judge, you know, so that everyone gets an equal you know, moment with the with judges and that each film is evaluated, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: with, like every other film.
1: Well, you know, I want to um say that that's so cool for all those people out there that have a project, you know, Spencer, that are thinking they yeah. may have something. And I know that you work with a lot of the film institutes and, and schools in New York City and around. And I know Ava You, too, as well, meet a lot of people pretty much probably ongoing every day that have a film or an idea. And I know myself, I've met authors that have written books that want to do films and and, and take it from the book right straight into, you know, a film. So what I'd like to do is segue into your latest project that you just finished. I want to talk about that and the significance of the song that we opened up with by R.E.M.,
2: Okay. Um, well, the song was Maps and Legends by R.E.M., and they actually wrote it at the time that uh, Howard Finster, who's the subject of my film Paradise Garden, um, did their f- first album cover for their album Reckoning. And um, mm-hmm. they wrote it based on their experience with him at the time, which was in the, I think it was 1983. And so um, it was, you know, a great song. For this program, since it's about Howard Finster, and REM um, is featured in the film, and Mike Mills actually uh, did an interview for the film, so um, we're really excited to work with them and and for them to be able to tell their story as part of Howard Finster's story. Yeah, but, I, um, think, really I think think yeah. it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, well, the the film Paradise Garden it follows the renovation of Howard Finster's life work. He was a folk artist in North Georgia, and he was known as the grandfather of Southern folk art. So he passed away in 2001, and Paradise Garden, which is one of the largest pieces of installation art in the United States, fell into disrepair. So the film chronicles uh, the art place giving the Paradise Garden Foundation, who was trying to restore the garden, a grant for a million dollars and being able to renovate the space, you know, and bring it back to a place where people could visit and it could be an economic resource for the community. Um mm-hmm. the film the film covers partly uh the the gardens located in Somerville, Georgia, which is um in Appalachia. It's one of the most economically depressed parts of the United States. So the local community is using art and Paradise Garden as a tool to help bring tourism and, you know, raise uh, awareness about the community so that they can get maybe more industry. And um, talking to their city councilmen, uh, they said that they got a, a, nov- a pretty big investment from um, Mohawk Industries, and they said partly because of Paradise Garden. So it's exciting that uh, –
1: you know, art can be used as a resource for economic development. No, I, I I do, and I and I I think that that's amazing. Um, what do you know about this film, Spence? You've seen it in the making, and I know that you two were talking about a film. Yeah, that...
3: I was I was interviewed in it. I think uh-huh. I brought some actually actually brought some people into the movie. Uh, I think what was interested on the concept was that uh-huh. it's about this artist Howard who who's self taught, and I knew about him. Uh, being an art director in music and knew that his work I was familiarized a little bit of his work. What really amazed me is that everyone I called up that even wasn't related, I thought might be related to Howard Fence, they own a piece of his work. That's what blew my mind. <laughs> I call up my, Michael Pilot, who worked with me at RCA, and he said, oh, I have a Elvis Presley piece or something. And said, somebody else said, I've got, I've got a piece of Howard's. He was so... Iconic in that way that, and he got around to so many different kinds of people, including very famous uh, people too. You know, he he his work was a very uh, self-taught, and he was mm-hmm. self-taught artist, and he worked with found objects a lot. And his work, if you have to see it, it's really amazing. It's he, he, hard to describe, uh, but his work is very different, and but it has an attraction to it. And obviously, like Michael Stipe and. Um, You know, and uh, REM um, got got attracted to him, and Talking Heads David Byrne got attracted to him, and he was on a cover of a Talking Heads cover. But his work—it was about him and what he was—and I think Lee did a wonderful thing of bringing out um, this. I call him a visionary artist that most people won't know, didn't, may not know about. But now, in a broad spectrum, the film coming out, I think a lot of people know about him. But he's very important. Right. So um, that's that's how I gravitated to it, because of the thought process of conceiving a film like this, you know, and um, it's a it, it, I've won awards already, you know, in two festivals and it's going and it's being accepted in others right now. It's it's just it's keep it keeps on going, you know, and I think we'll we be can actually
2: uh, you can see it. It's going to be a Los film international film festival in Los Angeles on October 17th at the Lomley Theater in Beverly Hills. Great. Oh, cool. So Great.
1: let's give that out again. Let's give out any upcoming um, events that are coming up. Go ahead and do that again, Ava. Well, want
2: to tell everyone? well the, film, the film's website is spinsterfilm.com. We're also uh-huh. on Facebook at Paradise Garden Film. And okay. you can see the film to go in there. Los Angeles at mm-hmm. uh, the Beverly Hills Laemmle Theater on October 17th from 12 to 2 p.m., it's full of Film International Film Festival. And actually, we're showing a short version of the film in Nashville at the Women in Film and Media event this coming Tuesday. Um, and it is on Thompson Lane Regal Cinemas, I think.
1: Oh, I see it here. I got. I just got the page on... Uh... Facebook and yeah it's really cool I see you invited me I, I you know what I get so many things lost on my Facebook I don't know what's going on but yeah this is awesome um, again if you want to see um, a little bit more information about Paradise Garden um, you can go there and also there is an official page also on Facebook for your film festival as well as Spencer um, and myself we all have Facebook pages, um, you know, and we try to keep people so in the loop it. of
0: everything coming it.
1: up. <laughs> I know, I know. Tell me about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, it's like <laughs> it's uh, like uh, becoming so underground. You know, I was having a conversation with somebody this morning, and, you know, after a situation that um, kind of took place yesterday, I decided, and I know this is going to probably a lot of people are going to understand this, I am going to co- consolidate my personal page with my business pages, and I'm going to just have a business page on Facebook. Um, it's just taking way too much time up. Facebook is great, you know, for getting it out there. And I think that that's where I'm going to go with this is just um, keep it simple mm-hmm. and uh, just uh, let people know what's coming up on Red Velvet Media and the Indie Cafe and with my friends, you know, instead of me... Um, you know, uh, sorting through all the minutiae and all the people, all the drama that goes on on Facebook all the time. So, there you go. You know, You're right about it's true. It is true. A like lot of
3: drama. There's a lot of drama on Facebook. It's, and and it's I just right wrote right on
1: my page. It. I just wrote on my page, and that sounds so stupid. That I wrote on my page. Uh, <laughs> I wrote on my page that I'm a. This is a drama-free zone. Please remember that. And. Um, <laughs> I think I got a lot of responses to that, and um so I just want, you know really good ones, positive ones, yeah. everyone you know, nothing yeah, but love, you know from my friend is Dennis, yeah. and yeah. you know I want to say yesterday was so many people's birthdays, I did not have a chance to wish the people that really are important to me their birthday, like my 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 second brother in England, Mark and Jeffrey, and other people's birthdays that were so important and you know, seriously. I mean, I did. I I just said this is a drama-free zone. So there you go. You know.
0: <laughs> so I
1: think, like I said, I'm I'm thinking seriously of consolidating my Holly Stuffy page, which not very many people can find because you said we're so underground, um, and putting it and making it just all my business page. Like you said, Spence. That's you know, idea. it's just too much. Yeah, you know, too good many idea. people like. You know, too much crap. It's become too too much like a pissing match on Facebook, and I'm kind of sort of over it. So there you go. But getting back to your wonderful things that I think are really important that people need to know about on Facebook, where they can find an outlet for their creativity, Um, Spencer's done some amazing work, um, and he just celebrated, I think, five years, and I was trying to tell you this the other day, but... You were running in and out. Five years of his 545 book that um, premiered, not just just recently, and also um, uh, a few other things um, with Glenn Glenn Kid and his CD. Because you know, he, did you ever see that one link on there where it says on this day where you can go back and you can see what happened on that day, like four or five years ago?
3: You can you know see. No, it's funny. I never did. I never did that. I much. love that. It's
1: amazing. It's and I have, wow, found, I have found I have found albums and pictures and things on there that were like, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, Spencer, it was five years ago today. Well, yeah, you know you what? Know? I
3: mean, you overlooked something that was really, and you know about this, I started with you in 2010, five years ago. I
1: know. I know. That's and here we time. are. That's
3: big time. That's big time. You know? <laughs>
1: so here yeah. we are, you know, and we are still going strong, and we are branching yeah. off, um, into some other things, uh, Spencer and I are both are as well as you working um, with Ava. Um, Spencer and I are going to be working on some of the projects too, and we're really excited about it. And we want to bring all of our create creative people together. I mean, it's really important, I think, because I think that having the radio show and being able to talk to all the different people, we've all been able to network more and we've met people that we probably never would have met if it hadn't have been for being able to do a show with them, talk to them, see what they're doing like you with your with your film that you just finished and and and, and creating this event for people from all global like globally like you said globally spent for people yeah
3: i and also, uh, I'm very excited because I, I'm involved. I just created a logo for the new fest right, now. Right yeah, I want to hear about that.
1: Absolutely and it's really, logo. it's
3: really good.
1: I didn't I get to Mr. see it yet. He won't show
2: me. I can't, I can't. We're going to launch it officially soon. He won't but, uh, show
1: it to me yet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and,
0: uh, What's
1: wrong it's with you? No,
0: I'm just I talk you know, to you, no, what, like a...
1: three times a day? He
3: just
2: does it to me. <laughs> Well, yeah,
3: it's a, a whole, it's a it's whole a legal thing It's a fantastic surprise
2: know. waiting to happen It's going to be a great change We Well, you know, it makes a lot of sense to be The Southeastern International Film Festival Because of, as we move forward The content of our program And the goals that we have For the festival in the future So it made sense to make the logo Reflect that And I think when you're growing a startup Kind of a grassroots effort You know, it takes time to kind of figure out a few things and this is a really great step for us i'll tell you i
3: gotta tell you a funny story lee i gotta add to this story the funny part about the the really good you know about this lee it's like lee calls me up and says you know i think i we should name this like south eastern international film festival and i went boing you know and i said and then i started thinking i said wait a minute i had such a problem with seff in designing because it has nothing going that you really can work with, but all of a sudden, as soon as she said s i f f I said, "Wait a minute, so Judith and I got together, and I said, "Wait a minute, this eye has got a, something with film, a strip of film, something, and then you'll see what's created is amazing it's It's like the logo is so rightly so can't amazing. Wait to well it. it's really great.
2: We incorporated the idea of you know film going digital and the motion yep. of what exactly. we want to accomplish—it's really—it's a—it's a fantastic logo. It's worth the wait.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no,
1: I—I want to see it. I want to see it, You're and see uh, it. I've see it heard first. a lot about it. So, see
0: it
2: first. well, we just—we just, just finished it, really, literally last night. So, I mean, we yep. just oh, cool. finalized it. So it's really it, we really just did that, but it, it is uh, it's exciting, you know, all the steps that we've made to move the festival forward and mm-hmm. to make sure to be able to, you know, get access to people. Well, let people have access to all the information, in the films, and the screening, It's really an exciting time for us.
3: You know what, Lee? I got to ask you something, and I don't I don't know this because I haven't been. You know, I'm I when I judge, I don't. I wait usually to the end because I want to see every, as much as possible in. You know, I really don't do in the beginning for that reason, uh-huh. like last year. But do we have any filmmakers from South America? That's what I was interested in.
2: The judging
3: or... or uh, uh, no, or film. Entered? Oh, film. we do. Film, we entered.
2: Have, we do. We have um, um, a number of films from South America. I was just going to look for you. um, that's
3: interesting. See. You know, South America's interesting. I always, you know, I always think of the Eastern Bloc. I think of Europe. You know, first I'll think of, you know, going overseas in that area. But you know what? South America is very interesting. I mean, it's like we
2: have uh, we have Argentina, Colombia. Yeah, um, yeah, great. That's great.
1: That's amazing. We have
2: Ecuador, Ecuador, um, and uh, Venezuela, Uruguay.
3: Oh, I love Olivia. it.
2: Olivia. Really? <laughs> uh, Are you
3: going to
1: Uruguay nice nice. with my friend yet? Or did you guys make a trip no, yet? I,
2: I'd like, I told him I would be doing a film any minute if he wanted me to. I'd love to well, go to Uruguay with friends. Well, he told me he's ready.
1: I mean, you know, you got to be ready for those flash floods. You know, like I said, one minute he's <laughs> I'm standing ready in the anything. road. I'm ready Seriously, <laughs> he's standing in the middle of the road, and I saw a picture. He said... I am standing there, all of a sudden, hear a gush of water, and I look behind me, and a a river just comes right over the road, and we got stuck there for like six hours. But man, oh man, let me tell you about those uh, uh, amethyst. What are they called? The little round? They're geodes, right?
0: You open them up, and
1: oh my God, he brings them back. They're amazing. You crack them open, it's like opening up an Easter egg with a prize inside of it. You know. <laughs> That's fantastic. <Beautiful. laughs>
2: yeah, I, but I yeah, you got to go to Ecuador. I yep. would love to. I love it. I've actually not been to Ecuador. I've been to other South American countries, but I really, I really love South America. It's a great, you know, it's a whole different world, and it's so fun. It <laughs> For is. people like me,
1: I think I think you would culture. have a great time over there. So you know, Spencer and um, Ava. Out of the films that you guys have gotten so far, have you um, gotten anything that you feel that was really, really important? You want to you wanna share it with people and tell them a little bit about maybe what you saw I, so far? Well,
2: I don't want to talk about the current program because, you know, it's still under evaluation. I, I don't yeah. think it would be fair to, to single out any one person. I agree. But, um, but for the uh, previous program, we had a film called Wildlike, which actually uh, got distribution and is premiering today um, all over the oh, country. Oh wow! And um, so it'll be in local theaters. It's called Wildlike, and also um, the Curse of uh, Bigfoot. It was also really a film yeah, yeah it's yeah, I saw that. So two uh-huh. of the films that we worked with have gotten distribution so far, and um, wow. a number of other films are in consideration. It's exciting that um, you need to work with filmmakers and for them to see their projects move forward. hmm Yeah.
1: You know, I I agree. I agree. I think it's really good when you see something that you've actually been part of and then you see it come out. So... How does it feel for you? I'm sorry. How does it feel for you now that you've finished this film and you see it? And have you? I'm I'm sure that you watched the dailies when you've done it all, right?
2: So. Oh, for the Paradise Garden film. Yeah. (laughs) I um I, I mean it. it You should be proud. I am proud. It took a long time for the film to come about. It actually started with um, one of our producers, Trey LaFave, who was an architect and he was involved with the Georgia Trust for Historic Preservation. And he was working with um, the now executive director of Paradise Garden, Jordan Poole, and they brought me in to, do, you know, at first it was kind of a marketing video to help them secure the grant to renovate the garden. And then that's how it started and then we ended up you know finding more about the story and i was really interested in the idea people took pilgrimages from all over the world to talk to howard Fenster at paradise garden and you know a lot of really famous artists and musicians went to go talk to him and it was a really interesting idea to me that so many people were drawn there and um so i just started reaching out to different people that i knew had had been involved with howard Fenster and um you know, I was very lucky that almost all of them were willing to do an interview, and um, I think it's really a testament to who Howard was. you know he was a Baptist preacher until he was sixty years old, and he retired and he was a bicycle repair man kind of in Paradise Garden is kind of literally in his backyard, so um he got a vision one day from God to paint sacred art, and that's what he did and he wanted to reach as many people as possible with sermons and paint is what he called them so his messages were a lot a lot of them were biblical but some of them were just very simple and to the point um he tried to use simplicity to reach people and um when he uh at the end of uh you know his career he had created over 47,000 pieces of art wow are you serious that's amazing yeah, um, I think it was more than Picasso. But they call him kind of like the folk art Picasso because he's, uh, you know, he's very prolific. He did a lot of different types of art. He did the sermons in pain. He did sculpture. He did wood carving. And Spencer was right. He was a visionary artist because he actually saw visions. Um, he's part of the outsider movement, and he's self-taught. And, um, you know, he's also known as a folk artist but it's hard to it's hard to classify him into one category because he did so much. Yeah.
1: You know, how did it feel to be there where you know he created? Did you feel anything while you were there?
2: You know what? When you go to Paradise Garden, you kind of always feel a little bit of a Howard Fenster presence. Um, when we first went, the garden was very overgrown and in disrepair, so it was kind of like eerie almost. But as they, you know, started cleaning up the garden and securing the structures and they actually did an adaptive renovation to this because there's some buildings that were so um far gone that they really couldn't save them. So they created a museum where his studio was and used the part of the studio they could save as this whole space that uh they used to kind of showcase his work and and do events. But um I think it was it was a really amazing experience for me as a filmmaker to be able to preserve something on film that they call a place of peril because of where it is, because it's an inside-outside environment, it has waterfalls, (laughs) it has a lot of reasons why, you know, it's hard to maintain, so, you know, it was really exciting to be able to preserve it on film and be able to show people, you know, for times to come, you know, this on film, especially since it's kind of in a remote area, not everyone could maybe go visit, but, you know, they can see the film and feel like they had a moment in Paradise Garden, and it's a really powerful place. There's Every time I go, I literally mm-hmm. will be thinking about something, and then, you know, kind of get a message there, whatever it is. You know, I'll just look on a wall randomly, and you just kind of get a message or something. It's like, it's a really special place, and a lot of people went there, you know, after loved ones died, or, or you know, after events that in their life that they wanted a time of reflection. It's a, it's a really, it's a really uh, interesting place to go, and it's kind of like a somber place, but it's also, you know, just really happy and artistic. So, and that's you know that's how um, R.E.M. decided to do the album cover. There, they vi- they were students at the University of Georgia, and they visited Paradise Garden. And Michael Stipe, the lead singer for R.E.M., was walking around. The Mosaic Garden, and um, he saw one of the sculptures, and he he thought that's the album cover, and so Art Finster, you know, gave him use of that, and then he also drew a painting based on that sculpture for them. Mm,
1: Yeah. Wow. That's that's really cool. So you were actually there. That's a nice. That just
3: oh, by the way, I I was there. I I was there. I got to bring up something. The uh, there's a Go go go, Spencer. There's a book out by Tashin called A Thousand Album Covers, and in it is the R.E.M. cover. Uh, I think I sent it to Lee. Uh, it's that REM oh, yeah, you did. Is in that book, which is kind of iconic in a way to be selected in, in a album cover book. So, you know. Uh, it is iconic. It, yeah, it is, right? It is. It is. Well, and I actually was at Paradise
2: Garden last week because you're in the room International Film Festival, which is not far from there, and um, I saw some of the work they're doing. They're trying to restore the Fulgart Church now um, because Howard built a lot of his uh, structures at the garden out of recycled objects. There's obviously the objects were deteriorated a little bit before they even were put into construction, so they're trying to figure out a way to you know, preserve his vision, but also make it so that people can tour the Folk Art Chapel is probably the most iconic building in Paris Garden. It's a three-story church, and he built it um, in the design of what he saw as a heavenly chapel. And so it's a three-story Folk Art Chapel. And um, he built it by hand, literally like with scrap wood and, you know, whatever he had available. He got a lot of his materials from their... Somerville was a mill town, and so a lot of the mills, a lot of the factories that were there, um, they would, you know, they would have scrap things, and he would take all of it and turn it into something else, turn it into an object of art.
1: Wow, that's 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 t- takes a lot. A very much of a visionary, huh, Spence? You
3: yeah, think no. that? Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a very unusual artist. I mean, and like a, like. A, like I said, uh, and Lee said, it's he's hard to describe on a phone what he's like. I, mm-hmm.
2: you, can,
3: you could easily internet, right, Lee? You could ent- go to his name on an internet. So just go to our website,
2: Finster Film. We have tons of examples of his work. Yeah, and exactly. Of garden.
3: exactly. Yep, we have yep. pictures
2: of the renovation. You can see a, a lot of the behind-the-scenes footage. We have some interviews. Um, okay. It's a, in a lot of uh, articles about, you know, what's going on currently, events, I feel like, um, you know, you you have to see his work to kind of get a feeling for what it is. And a lot of people have said that I've interviewed or talked to, you know, it's like you have to understand him to understand the art Mm -hmm. because it's like it's so much a part of like a folk artist is an artist that, you know, really takes advantage of their environment and has this energy that they put into the work that, you know, it's just kind of captured in this way that is different from other types of art.
3: And he's also interesting to me because he's also a self-taught artist, right? Which makes it very interesting. He
2: he actually, he was from Valleyhead, Alabama. He had a 7th grade education and um, he he literally, when he saw the vision in the garden after he retired as a Baptist preacher, he got a dollar bill out and he started to paint George Washington and he painted it (laughs) three times and then he painted it again and You'll see a number of George Washington's in his work. It was the first thing he ever painted, but um, he said that really? in the vision, yeah, he said in the vision that God said, you know, I want you to paint sermons and art, and he said, I don't I don't know how to paint, and he said, and then it was like the voice said, you know, you know, just do it.
0: <laughs> do something.
2: And so that's he right. just pulled the dollar bill out and just painted, and that's how it started. But he, You can see this work. You know, he had a natural propensity for art. He uses, like, Mm -hmm. perspective and dimension. So, I mean, he probably was artistically gifted in some way, even though he didn't think he was. And a lot of people leave the movie saying, you know, I've never tried that, and I think I might want to try this type of art, because he kind of gives everyone this blank slate, this permission. You know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't an artist, and I just... And then tried something, and look what I did. Wow,
3: that's great. That's a great... That's that's amazing.
2: Now, Ava, talk about
1: your book that you just wrote that got published about your mom. I
2: I have a book about... um, It's actually... um, My mom was in a ski accident, and I wrote a book called Memoirs of Oblivion, which is about um, her accident and what happened. Um, And we had, you know, a lot of challenges with... um, the medical institution we're working with and, um, I was kind of a patient advocate for her and we ended up having to do a medical rescue and, you know, just in general, a traumatic brain injury is a whole different type of experience. And, you know, especially with what's happening, you know, with uh, the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan and a lot of people now are suffering more from traumatic brain injuries. It's something that, uh, I wrote the book, you know, really just so that I could try to help people that might be in a similar situation as I was, but a lot of people have contacted me because they, you know, they didn't maybe understand brain injuries on a level. And I think it, you know, it's, it's not a book that you want to read, you know, <laughs> for happy-go-lucky necessarily, but there are some comedy moments in kind of a dramatic way. But um, I do think that... uh it's important for people to understand that that's a challenge that affects a lot of people and that it's, you know, something that, uh, you know, doctors are still studying and we're trying to learn more about.
1: Yeah, you know, that that's the important part, um, that you, you know, get... You don't have over-expectations of the book, but you get it, you read it, and you get the message that you're supposed to. I think everyone gets a different message from something.
0: Um it's true.
1: But... That there must have been very trippy for you to be writing
2: that book. You know, I I felt like I needed to write the book. It was it was like I was con- you know as a writer you have stories in your head and you're compelled to write almost. It's like you uh-huh. want to get the story out. But this story in particular, it was like because I was a writer anyway. It was it was just kind of like I, I felt really compelled to tell the story. I felt like you know you know you're at a place for a reason. You know and. For whatever reason, I was in this situation, and to write about it, I feel like from the people that have contacted me that, you know, I've helped to maybe help someone else save their loved one's life or to help them feel empowered to be a patient advocate, to, you know, ask questions and, you know, figure out a way through a challenging situation. We have a lot of, you know, really um, really hard issues in the healthcare industry right now, especially with you know, the, all of the changes that have happened recently. So it seems like, uh, you know, if nothing else, I'm glad I wrote the book for, you know, the five people that contacted me that said, thank you, oh, this helps me.
3: Yeah.
2: Eva, but how many books actually, did you publish? I've written nine books. But, uh, nine. I was going mm-hmm. to say that uh, we actually adapted Memoirs of Livy into a screenplay, and we're hoping to make it into a film, actually.
3: Like wow. everybody
2: wants to with their book, <laughs> but I yeah. think it would that be that would a be really so cool. Film. I think it would be well. Yes. It's, you know, it's a. I feel like it's a, it would be a compelling film because it tells a story that's important. I think on a human level to a lot of people. Wow. But um, I've well, I've written nine books. But actually I just um published last month a book called Revealed. It's a book of poetry and photography. I saw that. I saw that and, um,
1: one. It's pretty. I like the shot with the trees. Yeah, mm-hmm. I,
2: I took a lot of uh, landscape shots, and Spencer really liked my sunflower and the storm shot. I, lo-
3: you I do lo- that love, I love that one. I,
2: I know. I, I think she should get, get into more, in more
3: photography, too, Lee. you got to yeah, get into I do. photography, I so right? Too. Well, yeah. I love
2: photography. And, you know, sometimes you get busy, you know, doing other things, but I, whenever I have a chance, I love to take, you know, like stop and actually, you know, Take pictures with a purpose, like pick, you know, the location, the time of day, like I would a film. You know, a photography moment is like a mini film set in like one snapshot, which is fun, is a challenge.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I really loved
1: the sunflower picture, and I know you tagged with Spencer and then I asked if oh, you yeah, tagged that was in hot. it. It's really
2: pretty. <laughs> Isn't it? I, yeah. You know, it's like that, it was literally like the perfect storm. It was on the 4th of July. A huge storm came in. I was standing in a sunflower field. That's unreal, it yeah. It's just like this unbelievable picture because of just the sky and the sunflowers. It just had I-, a I totally, to, to blow
3: it up, you know, uh, mount it on something and put it in a gallery. That's how. you know what I mean, big, big.
2: I'm, I have this really big to-do list. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, well, you're going to do it. We're I'm going to because
1: you're all over that. the place.
2: <laughs> I would love to do that. I would love to do a photography show at some point. I actually did um a series of uh, based on paranormal uh houses and I captured these crazy light orbs and stuff I have, I have so much photography I should definitely work on doing
3: a show you know we have should you? tell the audience so what, what we're doing yeah, in Nashville We got have. two different we have two different uh shows going on in Nashville, right We got a film thing and then we got in May. We have music, art, and film, right? We have two different right. things. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, the, well, we want to take the festival to the next level. So in Nashville and May, we're hoping to incorporate a number of uh, musicians and artists and along with our film programs so that we can have kind of uh, a, an event that's based on not just film, but kind of everything that goes into art and film. So we right. have... You know, maybe we were talking about doing kind of like combined evenings of art with the film, with the music, and how they combine together, and you know, just really creative, new kind of ideas for you know people
3: having an experience.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind
3: of it's kind of takes off on South by Southwest, but another way. And we got like Holly, we got like City Wineries going to get involved, and uh, Marston Hotel will be involved. Already talked to those people. You know, they want to be involved in that, you know.
2: And what's great is, I mean, I don't want to compare us to anything as much as that, you know, it's like because of the changes with film, you know, moving to digital and distribution is changing and art in the same boat. It's Mm -hmm. changing the way people, you know, Mm -hmm. distribute art and receive art. And so it's kind of fun for us to reimagine the whole process of a film festival, art festival, music festival, Right. based on kind of like this new paradigm that we're in with the Internet and everything changing all these industries so much.
3: And, and the other thing is Nashville, the big thing about Nashville now, it's a crossover of music, right? It's a crossover now. It's a different type of place. It's its not like. Well,
2: it the, used to be really mainly country, but now it's right. everything. I feel That's like right. Nashville just has, right. I mean, it's every that I walk it's there, it's zooming. amazing. There's so much
1: going on there. Yeah, an amazing amount yeah, you're right. of, um, Totally booming.
2: There's an amazing amount of fantastic music but i actually met with the chamber of commerce here and um they said that 100 people a day are moving here it's really growing Oh my
3: god that's amazing but it's it's
2: a beautiful sound
1: i wanted to ask you something ava really quickly you mentioned that you saw orbs when you took pictures i do too and people
2: i'm a real fan of haunted houses i find them fascinating
1: You know what, I went to the Redwood Forest just recently, Uh and when I was there, there were a lot of orbs coming up through the trees, and I caught a lot of them,
2: and, Uh, you know, I really feel like... Sometimes it's dust, and sometimes it's something different, because, you know, dust can look like an orb, it depends, and there is a lot of dust in the woods, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm in not, a lot I, of cemeteries I the too. Advocate to be, but you know, you never know for sure. There are some that are bigger that look mm-hmm. distinctively different to me than a dust speck, and you know, oh totally. Either, either way, I find the light really beautiful, the way that it reflects uh-huh. sometimes. So that's kind of I would. Well, I love ghost stories. My grandfather would tell me ghost stories when I was a kid, and I just I think they're so fun. And so um, I was. Um, you know, kind of drawn to, you know, some once sort the of house was haunted, I wanted
3: to go. So you
2: know, you know me, too. To
1: me too, me too. And you and, know, you know I go wait to Wait a minute, the I, gotta you story. Here. I gotta tell
3: you a story. Um, Whoa, I
1: gotta oh, tell you a story. Whoa, Wait, I want to tell you about the cemetery. Hold on, Spencer.
3: Oh, the sp- oh you the would? Cemetery. Oh, go ahead. It's a story. No, 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 no. Let me, i'm sorry
1: I went to the cemetery just recently, and um. We have a really beautiful one here that they're redoing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Spence, but I can tell you, because we were talking about orbs. I took a picture of these two angels that were on the tombstone, and there was an orb there. I didn't see it. Well, I was taking the picture, but it was there on the film. And then as I started moving around, I started seeing it more in like real life, like not on film, just it was there. And it was moving around, and it was changing colors. And then when I went to the next place, I thought, okay, it's got to be my my camera or my phone or whatever. And when I went to the next one, it was a figure. It was a small child's figure.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. wow. That's wow. really wow. trippy, huh? I've had, weird,
2: I've had weird things captured. I... When I do when I did that photography, I kept the shutter open longer because it lets more light in, and if it's darker, yeah, you know you can get more of an image. But I think doing that, I captured you know some interesting light, so I was, it was really fun to play around with as a photographer. But I was um, kind of like, wow, what's that? <laughs> you know, because you know, and when you open the shutter for longer, it, if you move the camera at all, it can be a little bit blurry. But it, you know, I had it on a tripod, so I don't know. It's mm. just fun. That's, that's that would be a fun call. Cool. Well, what
3: were you going to tell us, Spencer? I want well, to hear it. it it's—I don't know if it's related. I remember um, I had a friend who was a medium years ago, and she was hired by the police and all kinds. Of, but she was hired by Hans Holzer, the ghost—the ghost who wrote books on ghosts—and she would be the medium. You know, she would go into the house, and um, you know, the, the 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 ghosts would go through her. I guess you'd call it. You know, they would really. Through her, yeah
0: and, I mean, and, like, and, would, and she would, was um, you know it's
3: interesting, yeah, I gotta tell you the whole story because was interesting it. about on about her was as a person on the earth, she was very conservative, very conservative, you look at her, you would know, very conservative, worked in a publishing company, I met her there, but she she told me forecasts of things that she did with friends of mine, and they told me. It was unbelievable. she would tell somebody something, and it happened. It actually happened when she was a little girl. she didn't know why she was doing things, you know, her parents didn't understand her. She would tell them about the car, something's going to happen with the car, and they didn't believe her because she was a little girl, and you know what they go back to the car and found that the car was broken into, something like that would happen right wow. she would able to see yeah, she was very powerful, but she was a positive she called herself you know she was a positive white witch, what she said. And so you know the police would hire her for murders, things like that to go into the house, but she was really unbelievable, and she'd go into these houses and things you know they communicate through her, you know I see they communicate through She's a very powerful person, but on the earth, she was tortured, absolutely tortured in her life.
0: Oh really and
3: yeah, she said in a past life, she was a man that treated women terribly, so she's suffering through that in this in this life.
0: Very interesting,
3: right? Right. So, um, I mean, it it was a whole trip. I mean, my friend Sally told me a story where her mother was in the hospital, and and she called her up and said, "Sally, you're not going to get the right diagnosis." So the doctor after the weekend. So she she gets a diagnosis on a Friday. Goes up to see her mother. Comes back on a Monday, and the doctor called back and said it was not the right diagnosis she called her, told her about. I mean, she told her ahead of time this whole thing, and it happened. It's really weird. She was like that. I mean, she had this powerful, um what do you you know, Holly, what do you call it? Um, whatever. She had a powerful energy. Energy, okay. right, right. Yeah, she had a powerful energy, but she used it in a good way. Okay, that's the most important thing. She used it in a good way. And... um uh, she was just amazing. I, I can't even express what she was like. I mean, she was just unbelievable. <laughs> but she was real, and she had these powers. And so she
1: acted as a medium. Then, in other words, yes. she sat down, and the person went into... Yeah, she walked in the
3: house, and the ghost would communicate through her and be saying things and go through her. You see, and be going. Through... And Hans Holzer wrote books about this thing. She was actually on NBC. She had they did a documentary. On this whole experience of going to houses, and she was on it on a program on NBC years ago. I saw it, but she was amazing. Yeah, yeah. The, the ghosts would be communicating through her. The voices would go through.
4: Wow, her. amazing. That's amazing.
3: Yeah. Well, I know. you
2: know, I mean, it's it's just you know, it's like I think um, people. There's so many people that have that are using different parts of their brain. Maybe that all of us have that they just see different things. It's kind of like. Of brain injury in a way, it's like you know yeah. they have they have this you know way to have a different sense. I you know I think so. You say you have uh, six senses, but um, you know maybe some people have more.
3: Well, you know, Holly, we had that show on Angels. We had Glenn on. Remember, we had all these mediums on. Um, we had quite a that was great. I mean, we had all these people. Yeah,
1: on you know, you right? and I have talked too, and I don't even want to go there about what I do. So it's like for me, it's like. <laughs> There's a knowing Okay, that's all I, I can tell you <laughs> Yeah it's,
0: it's And Lee,
1: I think that you can see it I think that they want you to see them When you do your photos oh, When you yeah. do I stuff was, it,
2: You know, I'd love to think that you know, They do,
1: they do And you were You were automatically. Attracted to the haunted houses Because they wanted to communicate with you So what I want to ask you Without going off the subject of this Is when you were doing the movie On Finster When you were photographing things Did you see any orbs in there? We did not
2: But um, I did But you felt it I mean I felt You can feel like a I feel like You know You feel kind of an energy of Howard I guess You know Maybe because of You know His pictures And his all of his things and they have a you know his like videos play at the museum so i mean you just you just feel like kind of his energy there and he spent so much time there it's like he touched everything there i feel like you know his presence is definitely still there wow i was gonna say i was gonna say i did capture an orb i did a film about swanaga georgia um it was a documentary about, you know, the town. It was one of the first gold rush towns in in the country, in Georgia. A lot of people went from there to the California gold rush, but they had a number of mines still open. And one of the interviews we did was with Miner Mike at the Dolanaga Gold Mine. And uh, when we were down in the mines, there were several very interesting things we captured on film. But a lot of people died in the mines because it was a really dangerous thing to mine gold back then. Uh-huh. They, actually had a, they actually had a drill that they called the Widowmaker because most people that used it didn't live more than six months operating it. And, um, really? People, people would take oh. the job for limited amounts of time, kind of like gambling, I guess, with their lives. Mm-hmm. Because um, the average miner, I think, made like thirty cents an hour, and the Widowmaker made three dollars. So it was uh. like you, it was like if someone was in debt or something, they would do the Widowmaker. For as long as they could to make more money, is it? You know, there's a lot of really interesting stories, and in I really love history. But you know, just it was really interesting to go to a town like that that's so unique, built on the gold rush in Georgia, and see wow. what they still have left. Hmm. But, uh definitely, definitely a little bit haunted feeling in the mind for sure. But that's the only real world I've captured on film. Wow, unbelievable.
1: That's, that's 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 pretty cool. So, what are you currently working on right now, Beca- besides um, the festival and the showing of the film that's coming up?
2: I am well, I'm, well, promoting Paradise Garden, of course, and then um, I'm working on a television show pilot for. It's a, it's called In parts, Out of Place Artifacts. It's a study of hidden archaeology things outside of the historical record, and then. Uh-huh. Um, I'm finishing my next novel, which is called The Invisible States, and it's about a um, female archaeologist in South America, and I call it Indiana Jones meets Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but uh-huh. I have to tell more because it's not done. But it's uh, it's really uh, an exciting, you know, time for me. So I have to have some time to write and work on the film festival and, Getting projects together, and Spencer and I are working on a film, a documentary film about vinyl records that uh, we're working in development with, and um, talking to a lot of different people about being involved and moving forward. Right.
1: Wow, that's pretty cool. You're working on a lot. So now, what are you um, working on this weekend? You're going to be in Nashville all weekend.
2: Oh, I'm going to be in Nashville. They're actually—they have a, a really big uh, music festival in Franklin going on that um, I am uh, going to be doing the screening of. It's a preview of Paradise Garden. It's a screening of a couple of Southeastern Film Festival films from last year on Tuesday mm-hmm. at Regal Cinema in um, on Thompson Lane. So you should check that out. We'll, we're going to put it on our. Southeastern Film Festival website film dot com and the Facebook page for uh, Southeastern Film. Okay. I think I have too many websites and Facebook pages. No, you know what? <laughs> you know, um, it'll all it'll all come it down. It'll I all come down. Be able to get the information. I'm sorry, it all comes down to what. No,
1: it'll all it all come together. Meaning, it'll all come down together. You know, all your sites will kind of like follow each other. So I think that you're going to be okay. Well,
2: um, you can find me by my name. I have the face a Facebook page, Ava Stewart, and um, um, my company's is dot com, and you can find all my projects on my website.
1: Awesome. Okay. All right. With that. We are ending the show with a song that you chose called Hold on a minute. Man of Vision
2: Well what I wanna say it's Sea Monster Adrian Todd Webb. He's a great artist. He's actually one of Spencer's books I think or Spencer knows him. Yeah. But um he yeah. uh he wrote this song about Howard Spencer and it's one of the songs from the film.
1: Okay. All right. So, Spence, do you have anything what, more yeah, that you I, want I to
3: add? I just want to say one thing. One of our judges, the famous Roddy Bagwa, is having mm-hmm. a Moma opening next Friday. We're sure in New York, Holly and Lee. Um,
0: cool.
3: It's Storm Thorgerson movie, and uh, we're invited with Pamela Bell, some other great film people, and uh, it's going to be quite an opening. But Roddy's a visionary filmmaker, likely, and so, um, and he's one of our film judges, and he's, he's doing some amazing.
2: He's
3: my an
1: amazing th- film judge. Yeah. That's yeah.
3: great. So I wanted to well, mention that. Well, I
1: can't wait to look at some more of these films, and uh, this will be fun. I did create my account, and I'm, I've am i logged in a couple times, and I've looked at some of the things, and I'm looking as they come in. So okay. I've put alerts on oh, there good. so I know. Yeah. Oh,
2: good. Well, so I want to thank you for being here
1: today. Yeah, thank and you Spencer. for having me on the show. Thanks for calling in from New York and hosting this show with me. Um,
3: And we love you. It's always a
1: pleasure. Yeah, and if you missed the beginning, like I said, we love you. Yeah, if you missed the beginning of the show, the show will be available on iTunes afterwards and also on uh, Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio under the Indie Cafe um, with Spencer Drake. We're going to create a special section for that soon. So, that you can pick up all those shows separately. So, if you want to go through and just see what's going on, you'll see that. And, um, Ava Lee, have a wonderful weekend and take some really awesome pictures and enjoy the music festival and have a great one. Thank you, that, you too, Holly. Yeah, no, I want to Thank say you it's Friday, Lee. everyone. And <laughs> yes, yes. My, fa- my 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 disciplinary words for the weekend, please do not drink and drive. Um, I always say that every Friday because it's very important. It's important every day, don't drink and drive, but especially on the weekends. We call them weekend warriors here because they come and they go to the tasting rooms and then they drive 90 miles down the road and hit a deer or something <laughs> stupid like that. So, yeah, please don't drink and drive. And if you are going to drink, drink responsibly. Take somebody with you to drive you. Anyway, um, Uber. That isn't is drinking, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But enjoy the food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You
1: know, I had to say something about food, right?
0: Come on, perfect. <laughs> what would a show be?
1: Well, what would a show be without me mentioning food? Some way, somewhere. Oh, my God, I made the best butternut
2: squash yeah. ravioli the other night. Oh, my God, they were so that good. That sounds delicious. I'm jealous, and I'd like some with of that. With
1: sage and um, heavy cream. Spencer, I couldn't I couldn't teleport it to you. Oh,
3: my hey, God. Hey, I
1: heard they're coming out with this new thing. You know, you guys saw Hitchhikers of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. The, Okay, remember when she puts her head in there and it says it picks up whatever you're, you're craving and it creates the Ooh. food?
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: going to become a reality. They're coming, you know, the 3D printers, now you know about the buildings they've 3D printed and, and airplanes and cars and stuff like that. I saw a 3D printed, um, the 3D printers, that printed a cupcake and it printed a cake and a whole food, a whole plate of food.
0: Wow. It wow. printed
1: it out. Unbelievable.
2: That's amazing. That's amazing. I know that's amazing. what technology
1: is, right? Jeez. I know. <laughs> I'm a, anyway, I
2: really can't even imagine. I well, I, that would be that's going to be fantastic and dangerous at the same time. Right.
1: And we're going to be able to get places faster. They're building an underground tunnel here, from San Francisco to L.A., where you can get there in thirty minutes.
2: That's incredible. Yep.
1: In a little tiny that's, pod that goes underground, it's going to go like
3: that's at speed a of like an
1: airplane. Yeah, that's
3: going to cost a lot of money, right, Holly? I mean, that's really going to cost a lot of they money. They
1: already started it. It's already it's over the news. They did. Is
3: they just started. Wow, cool.
1: And the next really one is going to be, and this is really funny, from L.A. to Vegas. So people, really? a lot of people oh, are going, to be going there to get
0: oh, married. Oh, that's going to.
1: Or to gamble. You know what I'm thinking? Probably because of all the money in Vegas, maybe they're helping fund it. But what that's I really crazy, want to see is one that goes across the country, like from the West Coast to the East Coast. Like you could get there in like two hours or something like that, or an that hour. perfect.
3: Yeah, that's what I want. I want L.A. New York. would it be New cool? Yeah, it'd be like... Kind like, of um, like
1: what... Yeah, like the um, airplane, you know, that... Uh, I can't even think right now. The airplane that I took, I got to Paris in an hour and a half or something. The Concorde, the Concorde sorry. Yeah. yeah, when the Concorde was, the before Concord, it took its last
3: Concord, flight. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. really cool. I, mean, that's, I was able, I was able to do that. Oh,
1: my gosh, what a trip that was. I was a little kid, but it was fun.
3: I mean, you brought that's up a amazing. great idea, Holly, New York to L.A. on a speed. Uh, Wouldn't speed it be? Yeah, on a speed train. Unbelievable.
1: So you could say, hey, you know what? Tomorrow night we're going to have a, um art gallery <laughs> opening. You can go down there, buy your ticket, get on the little pod, sit down, have a drink. <laughs> uh, not a drink drink, like, you know, like a drink, like a, a yeah. smoothie or whatever. And if you want a drink, drink and food, good food. I don't know if they're going to do that, but they should.
2: They're going to have robots down like so That's what I heard. How could you
1: do anything? <laughs> robots. <laughs> I like got a little R2-D2s. R2 that would be great. You're really to
0: <laughs> and you're going your to say, I
1: would like to have a cup of coffee or <laughs> <laughs> a hot chocolate, please. Oh, my God, remember the, um, what's that movie? The Christmas movie, the train, Polar Bear Express, Polar Bear, Polar Express. Oh, the Polar Bear. Polar Bear, <laughs> bear. Polar Express. My favorite scene is when they make the hot, you know, remember that? Yep. yep. When they dance.
0: And everybody They're gets very hot cute. chocolate.
1: And they get to go see Santa. I, I can't wait. Yeah. The holidays are coming. Halloween is right around the corner, guys. And we just had the summer. <laughs> we just had fall solstice. Hey, so wait.
0: Tonight. right.
1: I think tonight's heart. Wait, let me think. If it's tonight or, no. It's either tonight or Sunday. tomorrow night. The harvest moon.
2: It's on Sunday. Harvest
1: moon, and then Monday is the, uh, yeah, thank you for telling me that, because it's, it goes crazy up here, especially around harvest time here. Harvest well, it's moon.
2: it's a tetrad. It's a big deal. It's going to be an
1: eclipse, too. Yeah, and then on Monday, Monday's the eclipse, the solar eclipse, the wow. super moon. Yeah? big. Yeah,
0: that's
3: big. And
1: we go out of retrograde when? <laughs> soon, I hope.
3: Hey, <laughs> soon, I hope. I don't
4: know. Some people think well, start it's on the one?
3: 17th. Holly, you start on the 17th. It. it takes about a month for retrograde. It's about a month, you know. Oh,
4: start God. on the
3: 17th. You know? Yeah,
1: well, maybe that's maybe that's why my page is in a drama-free zone for well, right well, now, you know.
3: Let me tell you the secret of retrograde. You can do old things through it. In other words, if you started something before it, that's no problem, but you don't start any new things at all. Nothing new mm-hmm. in this period. Nothing new. It's like going against the wall, you know? Yeah. but.
2: Spencer's Censor, right, though. Every time I'll have a day and I'll talk to him and he'll say, you know, Mercury, Mercury has been retrograde. I'll go, oh, that explains everything.
0: <laughs>
2: but yeah. though, if you don't think about it, then all of a sudden it to your attention and it all makes sense. <laughs>
3: Oh, you know, I I go through a day, Holly, you must go, I mean, I don't know, I, I went through a day yesterday to pick up my meds at the drugstore, and two people couldn't communicate to each other, it was like that, and it was such a simple thing, to find my meds, and you know what, it's underneath the table, it took them five minutes to find it, in other words, they couldn't communicate, they had no, I, they, and it never happened before, you know, things like that happen, it's crazy. It's <laughs> <That's> crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's when you feel like you're in the
2: twilight zone.
3: Yeah, exactly. Rod Serling, here we are again. Back to the future.
1: All right, well, listen, guys, with that, um, don't wish anybody into the cornfield, and uh, have a good (laughs) weekend. (laughs) Have a good weekend. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of my favorite episodes, and the doll, the talking doll. Anyway, (laughs) I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one, and here you guys go. I know. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>
0: oh, next Bye. week we've got a
1: great we've got a great week set up. Um, look for the shows. The shows will be coming up, and um, <laughs> goodbye. Bye. <I> love
0: you <laughs> Bye Here we go. You in the okay. cornfields. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. One, two, three, Bye. Two.
4: Man of vision.
3: That's what they.
4: vision.